welcome to episode 8 of Elite Rugby Banter, the alternative rugby commentary. I'm here with Matt. Matt, how are you? Not too bad, thanks yourself. No, I'm very good, thank you. And uh, again, we're joined by our man in Mauritius, uh, our man the plaid, uh, Ben Lowe. It's just it's nice to oh. say Ben Lowe, you know, like James Lowe. It's just Ben Lowe just rolls off the tongue. It's a lot easier. Yeah, to I, I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to convince my wife to call our, our firstborn either James or Francois. That'd be nice. Not Carl. Yeah, then they can call him Flo. Yeah, that, that'd be legit. Um, oh, I didn't think I could call him Flo. Yeah, well, they could, yeah, that... well, they could say, call you B plus Low, Blow, like uh, he's a blow. No, I'll try to stay away from that, to be honest. But, yeah, yeah, Blow's a bit, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll even yeah, say no. blows a bit of a suspect nickname. Yeah, that that that. But 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 if I if I need to call myself blow to have my child called be called Flo, maybe maybe it's worth the risk. <laughs> take take that knock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just um, just leave, leave it for the next generation. Like you know, kind of like Mufasa fell into the wildebeest, so Simba could be his own man. Yeah, let's yeah, not. No. <laughs> I don't want no, that's, I, I don't want that to be harsh. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. That's part of my childhood, man. Uh, and we got that. Yeah, actually. Actually, I'm sorry, guys. That, that that's way <laughs> that too soon. Uncool. I still have yeah, yeah, you, you to I, I think we spoke about lowlights last season. I think or last episode. Yes. I'd like to add one lowlight quickly to yes. that. Yes, before we discuss. Yes, what, 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 what was that, Matt? Ben bringing up Mufasa's death. Yeah, yeah that's a lowlight. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you're not allowed to bring up Mufasa's death. Uh, like ben, ever. Ben, I thought you were a Lions fan. You just said last episode you were a Lions fan. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm a huge Lions fan. And do, do you know what irritates me as well? That like I've been a Lions fan, you know, since since I was born. And all through high school, I took so much shit from people. I hear you. And uh, all through Adam university, too. I took Adam so too. much. Shit. And and now and now the Lions have really hit their straps and are just killing it. Yes. Like none of my friends are around me anymore, so I can't really rub it in their faces, and it. Like, you know, it, it makes me angry. Yeah. This well, is why. Dude, you preach it to the choir. I live in Cape Town when the Lions were super bad. Like, really, really awful. Um, we were before, you were there the year before relegation, hey? Yes, I was. I, I, no, yeah. no, I think maybe two years before. Either way, we were awful. Absolute dog meat. Yeah. And suddenly... Yeah, you know, I know you were in... Huh? Yeah, you were in Josie during the relegation year. Yeah, yeah, I was. And suddenly, when they start winning, all these Lions fans come out the woodwork. You know, and it's no, like, no, like, like, like they, they're filling Ellis Park, and I'm like, wait, where were you when they needed you? Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't go to, too, <laughs> I don't go to too many games down there because it's, it's just a schlep. I'd rather just stay at home, and I know I'm not saying like the greatest supporter, but I, I'd rather watch at home. It's a lot more comfortable, <laughs> and you get a big, get better views. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Winning, winning changes everything, which would be nice for the box started winning um, a lot more consistently. Sorry, that was a little low blow to Tootsie. Had to quickly get it in there. So, the this will likely be the last episode of Elite Banter for 2017. Uh, we're, we're not religious men, but we are family men. So, we will be hanging out with our families and loved ones over this very special time. So, uh, for our last uh, episode of the year, and then we'll get going in January again, either the first or second week of January, we're going to be talking about uh, two, three things. First would be, and, and Ben will be helping, out, helping us out, and this being more technically gifted than, than maybe uh, others when it comes to an understanding rugby's now simplified law book. I see they came out with news uh, last week about simplifying the law book. It's now 42% shorter <coughs> and written in plain English to make the game that much better. Well, we're going to be talking about the scrumming laws, what they're doing to the scrums, and Ben's going to help help Matt and I understand that. Matt, though, being a former prop, I'm sure has some very strong opinions on that. And then uh, the second thing would be player attributes, the perfect attributes for the perfect players per the perfect positions. And lastly, our Christmas wish list for 
next year. Maybe also from a South African perspective. So Ben, um, take us away on the scrum laws. I know you've got some very strong opinions on how the scrum laws have changed the way uh, that that set piece uh, works, well, it's, works it's, the game. It's, it's not so so much the, the laws themselves haven't ah. haven't changed drastically. I just feel that the refs are refing them a lot more a lot more strictly. Like they they allocate mm. blame a lot quicker. Yeah. And they they they're a lot more willing. They they're not as willing to reset scrums as they were previously. So as soon as a team goes down, straight away, long arm penalty basically. Mm. Yeah. No. Gone, gone are the days of, of reset scrum. No, move five meters to the left. We're going to set it up here. Scrap the turf there. No, no, let's go this way now. Try again. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen that happen for like the last four or five years. Yeah, which which I which I guess is a positive in terms of flow of the game. But yeah, flow does, of the game. But it does it does create a, a lot more a lot more emphasis on scrumming. When it, if you think about it, to to give a to give a long arm penalty anywhere else on the field, you essentially have to cheat. Yeah. And then now. Um, because your prop studs don't grip properly. No, that's the equivalent of whatever, eye gouging. Actually, probably they'll probably be a yellow card. But, you know, sometimes they're scrumming for yellow cards when essentially guys are just getting yeah. pushed around or whatever. And then, you know, a few times penalty try a yellow card. Like it becomes... But, yeah, I mean, if you ruin Drayen about three inches too short, then they just bind half, it's half a foot back and you give away a penalty every time because you can't quite reach the guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because what I don't understand is, sorry to cut you off, there, Ben. Just being being a bit of a noob, but I, I like watching scrums. I just I have generally no idea who's dominating. Like I see wheeling one way or the other. I'm thinking, well, Team A must be dominating, but suddenly the referee gives uh, a penalty to Team B because Team A did something wrong. And uh, as you said, the guys, the scrums are now collapsing. Even though, and it, I don't know. I've seen scrums now this last international season where one team you can clearly see they are dominating the living daylights out of the opposition. Wales, South Africa, uh, one example. The, our scrum was, I'd argue to say, way superior uh, to Wales. But uh, even though we were dominating them and we were moving the Welsh scrum, so this goes to my ignorance about scrumming itself, uh, the referee wasn't blowing penalties. Some, I don't know, the scrum almost had to fall apart for a referee to really get Yeah, before... Well, yeah, no, was... Because unless there's a penalty sort of initially, like on the on sort of the... When they first start pushing, unless so it, someone goes down or someone blatantly scrums in, yeah, then yeah. But it's it's all about it's all about the wheel generally, mm. Be- so, because because obviously if you it it's in your benefit to to wheel the team to you know get a get a strong left shoulder or a strong right to to move them around to to give your flanks a better run and kind of take their flanks and eighth man out the game. Yeah. Well, well, the one flank and the eighth man out the game. But the 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 thing is that you have to you have to go forward you have to go forward straight before you can initiate a wheel. So what what you can do potentially is you can force a wheel by your one prop just kind of staying where it is and your other prop just pushing around. Yeah. And it sort of it creates kind of the the illusion of the scrum wielding, but but you haven't kind of earned the right to wield the scrum. But again, it's very like the the, the refs you know the refs close obviously, but he's not in there, so you can't really. He can only kind of see the result, and then he has to sort of interpret that in his own way. And he's always on hes always on only one side of the scrum. I mean, I still don't understand how a ref can stand on the left side of the scrum and blow a penalty for, and say, no, the dude on the right, whatever, collapsed or whatever. Because he's got no feel. 
where he's got no vision or no sight. He, he still says the dude on the right collapsed or whatever. I think they should get the linesman to come in and watch that other side. No, say. definitely. The linesman needs to, but but you never see But he, he must come and stand like on the other side of the scrum with the, oh, yeah. like opposite the ref. But uh, going back to your sort of the talking about that false wheeling, I mean, that was a tactic in high school f- for the longest time. Your loose head was always the, the, the heaviest oak, and he all he, he never pushed. He just made sure his studs got a good grip, yeah, and he, like, just, like and he just stood, and everything just pivoted on the on the laziest player on your team. Yeah, no, it's a, but it's a, so, but I think the problem is because obviously teams do the, the the false wheel is in your benefit, yeah, but also you, sometimes. You're, Players, Sometimes yeah. you earn the wheel, and I don't know if the refs are always in the best position to interpret that. And I think we suffered a few times against Wales for that. Yeah, no, I think so too. But yeah, there's for me what that new strike rule is just. I still don't see the refs enforcing it properly though. What exactly is is the new the new strike rule? This... You've got to, if I remember correctly, you've got to strike before you actually give your first proper push. The first thing you've got to do is strike the ball. Which is, I think, the props are allowed to strike now too, as well though. But but there's no point in striking anymore because the scrum off just chucks it under the lock's feet. So yeah, no, but the rules, yeah, that's what they're saying. But now before the Northern Hemisphere kicked off their season, they they, they were like, ah, oh, the new scrum rules, you've got to strike first, and the scrum off's got to throw it in straight. But he can take a step towards his team before he throws it in straight anyway. So he's still yeah, throwing he can, it, and he can he can angle his shoulders and. So he's still throwing it under his hooker's hips, but I mean, if as straight as he wants to throw it, he's still throwing it underneath his hooker's hip, hips. But the hooker's still got to somehow strike as well. And yeah, the second a hooker's preparing to strike, he's not stable because he's got his one foot up in the air and that, so he's not pushing. So I mean, a well, defending no, the props can strike too. So your entire front row is on three legs now, huh? Yeah, exactly. So as a def- as an attacking scrum, I mean, it's, you're going to take half a step back b- before you even get your first first push off. So, but thankfully the refs aren't sort of going to the letter of the law on that, by what I can tell. Well, well that, that's what they always say with rugby that they they laws, they're not rules. They're there to be interpreted, not there to be sort of strictly enforced. Uh, so, I don't know. They don't like uh, other ones that don't implement the uh, diving in front of the kicker. I only see that being picked on every now and then. I think the one time they implemented it was in the Australia-England game, and that caused quite a, quite a lot of controversy. And then even the uh, offside rule. Uh, I sometimes wonder, especially maybe it's like it's a 5 or 10 meter rule at scrum time, uh, that that's, that's not enforced entirely. And every now and then you kind of feel that the, the off-fly, offside line is uh, almost curved uh, in certain respects. I think the, the, offside, the offside rule is the ref's only got one set of eyes, and he's standing somewhere, and... I mean, because we were watching from like 70 different cameras all around the field. So and I reckon if the if the TMO was allowed to come in and step in every time there was offside, we'd have a lot more breaks. Yeah, but th- th- this is like, like I have an issue with, with the TMO like that. Because, yeah, you know, just... they they use the TMO for for like foul play, like yeah, whatever. Punching and then they use the TMO for like tries, obviously. If try you know, or no try, yeah, you know, when there's doubt. But in in terms of rugby, like a penalty is actually not worth that many less points than a try. So why, so why don't they use the TMO to when the refs a bit unsure, just say okay, penalty or no penalty, sort of. So I know like flow of the game, or whatever. Yeah, but, but rugby gonna... isn't a game that naturally flows anyway. So yeah, because I mean every time you t- every time you want to do a penalty, then we're gonna have 
90 seconds added on of TMO deciding. Yeah, I although, we don't want that. Although, no, in all fairness, in all fairness, the TMO, I think, is going to decide a penalty a lot quicker than he is whether or not the, his, the player's foot was in touch before he put down the ball or whatever in a try. So, it might be a bit quicker. It might not be the flow hiccup we think it will be. But, hey. Maybe, maybe they, they need to give refs, like, Google Glass or something and just let them sort of <laughs> rewind a bit. Yeah, or, or um, like, like as, as they've done in football, they've kind of incrementally, the football has been very slow to change. They've got now the video assistant ref and the goal line technology. Just minor adjustments. And you know which competition will be perfect for any form of testing? Varsity Cup. I know we spoke about it last week, <laughs> uh, about them doing this uh, city power play rule. I, I, I just think it's city. But they could they could trial it there, for example. Or, they, they had, remember, a, f- a few years back in Varsity they, Cup, they had, so they didn't have a TMO, but they had like a little TV screen the ref could go watch sometimes. Yeah. 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 Like I know yeah. now that the refs do do it. They sort of watch it on the big screen. And sometimes yeah. they say, okay, TMO, I saw it on well, the big look, screen. It's cool. The, like, that was the forerunner uh, of, of the big screen stuff. And I remember when they experimented with two referees. Uh, on the field yeah. as well. Um, and I guess, look, I, I guess I sound like a hypocrite complaining about uh, a power play rule when we've had two referees on the field and I know a lot of people don't want to, there to be too much officiating, which sometimes they do complain. That's why the very best refs um, is like the very, very best uh, PR agents or police or anything like that who, who uh, they're effective when you don't see them doing their job. They're yeah, you don't know. Well, that, that's when they say, if at the end of the game, you have no comment about the ref, you know he's had a great game. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But, I mean, overall, uh, scrubbing, just to come back to our original discussion, yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's can, can, yeah, yeah, you're going to say, Ben? Can, can, I, can, I, can I make my, my, two, my two suggestions yes, about yes, the scrum? Please. Okay, what one one's a one's a general suggestion, one's a, a tactic. Let's call it that. I think they should put handles on props on their jerseys. There should be a special place where the opposition prop can grip your jersey, because then just, there'll be none of this stuff about like, oh, he got the wrong bind. He he had the short bind, and the other one got the long bind. Oh no, he knocked his bind away. If there was just a handle on the jersey which they could grip, and then think, there would be none of this slipping your bind and falling over stuff. There's a, a lot of that has to do with hookers pulling up their their props jersey so the opposing prop can't can't grab has to grab on like bare flesh. Watch, I I hate to I hate to shine this light on Marks because he's an excellent hooker 90% of the time, but he always grabs his props jerseys by the hem and bunches it up in his hand that there's nowhere for his opposite for the opposition prop to actually grab on. I think the ref called him out on it in the last game actually in the last box game. Yeah, but but I I think there's there's a position now that props can have specialized clothing to make scrumming flow better. Let's say that. Yeah, so yeah, I wouldn't mind having a bit of a handle there, sort of there just under the lat. Yeah. So just an extra bit of bit of material. An under extra, the lat. not maybe not like a handle you actually put your hand in, because then I guess if the scrum collapsed or something, you could hurt your twist. wrist quite bad. But yeah, just but just, but just like an extra bit of sort of reinforced material where. And that's the, the place you have to legally bind. So it's none of this long long bind, short bind, blah, blah, so, blah. So back to the days when the guys played in cotton jerseys. Yeah, basically. You know what I used to do? I, I played I played a season of prop, okay? Because like it was just we had a bit of a crisis. And I just used to reach over and grab the flank scrum cap, like the opposition flank <laughs> that they used to hate. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, like, it was, like at one point we actually had like a tactic where I would grab the flag scrap cap, then our eight would go quickly while the flag was still trying to like swat my hand away. Oh no, I've, I've 
I think my worst match I played was a guy, my opposition prop kept binding on my face. Wait, how, do you, how do you bind on a face, dude? Like, what did he... So, he's, yeah. instead of, like, instead of he wrecks arms, like, how can he do that? Yeah, exactly. I must have been, like, way out. That's, I, look, he was loose head, I was tight head, so he had to come past his face. And he's, ha- I should, you know, I bit his finger at least three times. Oh, he had, it like, was, a reach around sort of technique. Yeah, like a reach around and then into my face. And I, I bit him at least three or four times. But I, every scrum, his hand was in my face. And I, was, I couldn't understand how he had any sort of traction, though, like that. Because, I mean, he's got no grip. as You know, short arm bind and all that nonsense. He, he had no bind, essentially, because his hand was... See, see but then that this, this, is my, this is my thing. Give props handles. Say, this is the designated binding area you bind there. Yeah, no, definitely. I fully stand by this. Even even if they don't have handles, if there was just like a little white patch on the like a little circle on their jersey, and that's where your bind has to be, that's where your hand has to be. So so the guys playing the Stormers next season, they have to bind on those little th- those three little stripes that they've got on the sides of their jerseys now. Yeah, what 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 one two three depending on I don't know. Depends on six. All the time, if yeah. you six six foot if you six foot four, you bind on the further stripe and then all the way back. And, yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So it seems seems a consensus it wouldn't be the worst idea i think i think practically we just have to see how it's implemented and your other suggestion then i would say if i was a if i was a an attacking or to be honest a defensive team i wouldn't push anymore in scrums why just just because i think all as soon as you push there's so many you you taking on so much risk of uh, losing a penalty because you're pushing. Maybe the ref interprets that you're pushing in. You're pushing. Uh, maybe you slip. Maybe you go down. As soon as you just stand there and take the hit, and then you let the other team push, and they they take all those risks upon themselves, because there's no incentive to push anymore because the scrum off can put the ball in skew essentially. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's no. It's, it's not so much of, you know, if it, moving your opposition scrum backwards three meters is a huge effort. Mm. But in yeah. terms of, like, the field of rugby, it's actually not a significant advantage. Mm. Uh, just, I think there's a lot to be said for the psychological win of being able to push the, push your opposition scrum back three meters before you get the ball out to the eighth man and out to your back line. I think it's 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 not so much a... A physical physical advantage, but I think there's a, a, a fair bit of sort of psychological advantage to you. You've essentially bullied the, their team's big guys. So what are the, what are your backline going to do to their backline? Yeah, but the, the the box have often had the psychological advantage this year. What's it come to? Uh, look, zero. look, we've that's that's been our only advantage to be fair. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 but I think I think this is kind of my point that that scrums become a bit of a pissing contest and it's actually not super significant sort of the wins at scrum time feel massive but they actually not they're not that big that's why i wouldn't push and let the other team take all the risk of getting the penalty on themselves well what we should do is ben if we should all start a twitter uh sort of a tweet campaign to the italian coaches because you know how they like to try these sort of maverick Mm. Maverick plans. So next, next six nations when they're playing England, we'll see if they, if they're pushing in the scrums or not. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, it could be that until two, <laughs> two, until two teams come together with the same tactics. And it's, it's <laughs> you like, just to check, you just check two teams just chilling in the middle of the field waiting. The ball's just sort of standing in the middle of the field. Uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see that circling around club fourth teams or whatever with, with the big boys just leaning on each other, having a bit of a breather. Uh, whatever. We'll see props becoming uh, like, uh, what's that rest of the Rusev? They'll just start looking like Rusev, a little bit leaner. They're still built, <laughs> built, built very strongly. But as I said, they'll just stand there and they'll just become extra flanks on the field, like my favorite prop. Quinny Hurst isn't the great Quinny <laughs> flank. Uh, I, just, I just had to get that in there. I know we had an argument. You just want to wind me up again. One no, last time. For no, Quinny's just great, wind. man. Quinny's great. But seriously, I I, I kind of... Uh, I, I hear you, Ben. A scrum is meant to be a significant way to restart the game where one team can gain advantage over another. Lineouts, for the most part, they, they're a critical point. And going back to Jack White, Springboks, Jake, if you're out there, yes, you've, you've done a lot good. Apart from applying for every uh, every available job that there might be available, uh, Springboks were deadly off set piece play, and the All Blacks are the same. Off scrums, all the best teams. England also another very good example. The set piece is incredibly important. So when it comes to the scrums, uh, I I kind of feel no teams really gaining that much of an advantage. Gaining that much. Whoop! Got some, got some feedback there, and uh, some I don't know. Sometimes you do see it refereed a bit more strictly. So, I, you know, I don't think it's that out of this world to see two teams just chilling. You know, it's like, oh, let's take a breather. Let's get it out to the backs and uh, make it more like rugby league, man. And uh, it's an essential part of the game. So I just hope it doesn't change for the worst. No, just like, uh, I think it's not like a gentleman's agreement. I would I would argue you say maybe you push in the odd scrum just to make sure. Because the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole point of the thing is to make your opposition push. Because when you're pushing, that's when... Suddenly, most of the rules most of the rules come into effect. Because yeah, you, yeah, you, when when you're pushing, you're straightening out your legs, and that chances of you slipping are going to be a lot greater than the guys who've got their, their legs bent behind them still and all that. Yeah. All right. Now I want to move on to you said you had some ideas been about player attributes that uh, like positions what the perfect player attribute should be. So since we since we've been talking about scrums and correct me if I'm wrong, let's maybe start with the front row. Like what. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say that I'm just gonna say this now, Adam. I know for a fact that what you're picturing for the perfect number three is wrong. I, I Quinny's done fine, bro. I, I'm just saying, Quinny. See, see, see. Okay, we don't need, we don't need. Uh, Quinny's good, bro. I'm sorry, he's he's proved it. When he wasn't around, the box scrum wasn't as effective. Well, let me put it this way: Volk Volko Low, as good as a good a scrummager potentially he has, he doesn't offer the same around the field. But I will not stand here accused and attacked for my love of Kuni Ostosen. That uh, I think I, 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 maybe it just brings up bad memories, man, from, from your scrumming career. I don't know. I just uh, Maybe there's some psychological shit there that we're not, not talking about. But uh, my Kuni love is real. I will not stand here and be mocked for it. So, uh, Ben, beyond beyond maybe picking Kuni at number three, what, what what are the attributes? Like number two, uh, at your hooker, I'm thinking of a Bismarck, uh, Barker Marks kind of character, Dan Coles. I mean, those are the world leading figures in that position. A prop, I'd say Charlie Famawina is a very good example, but I don't know what you have in mind. Yeah, well, well it's, it's basically you just need, like like I, I think the prop props are there to scrum. Yeah. Let's let's say that. So I think you, you want a guy basically with, with massive legs who's never going to go backwards with a neck, you know, like a barrel who's going to, you know, he's got to hold his line. And to be honest, out, outside the scrum and basically hitting the odd ruck, that's anything else your props are doing is a bonus it's, to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, as long as the prop's doing pulling his weight in the scrum, I mean, as Ben says, it's all just a bonus. But beyond that, um, all right, and then uh, hooker. I know I mentioned Malcolm Marks uh, and and whatnot. Yeah, well, hook, hooker's a bit because hooker, you obviously hooking the ball. I think hooking the ball itself has lost a lot of. Yeah, no, hooking is dead. Yeah, yeah, hooking it. What would you call a hooker then? Actually, like the fact that they they're naming rights has almost, as you guys have explained, already been extinguished for the game. What would be a more appropriate name for a hooker these days? Number two or what? The the linchpin, extra flank, a middle scrummer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They they, they like the tight loose head. Uh, the uh, the tight loose forward. I mean. Yeah, it's true. Uh, no, that's true. Yo, that's that's the that's the vibe these days, though. You want I mean, your hooker sort of speeding ball. You want yeah, it carrying yeah. a lot. Mm. Your hook. I mean, yeah. My, I prefer when I think of hookers, it's sort of. I tend to prefer the slightly smaller, more sort of mobile hookers, like like Bongi and that, like the terriers. You know, the ones they are, they are still strong enough to get in there in the tight five and all that, but they are. As as mobile, so Bongi marks as well. Cody Taylor Bismarck. from from uh, New Zealand. Has, I know he, Taylor, yeah. He, he, Cody he, Taylor, he, yeah. Uh, Jamie George as well from England. He's also uh, he's better than uh, Dylan Hartley. He's also class. All of them have ability. Jamie George looks like he shouldn't be as good as he is. He just looks like a fat kid. Like and but he look good. He's fast and he gets around the field and he gets him. He steals ball and. I think him and Lut Diaga both have the same problem. Is that they're far better than what they look like. Yeah, when Lut the most unathletic looking professional professionals in their sort of fields. Yeah. Do, 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 do you think Lut goes to dinner parties and says, yeah, I play for the Springboks and people are like, oh, bullshit, me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, especially when he first started. I mean, with a... With that, those that fa- it's his face. I don't know. I feel it, bad for him. Yeah, but I feel bad. Think his, his neck beard makes him look ridiculous as well. No, and, and yeah. also his optometrist. His optometrist does him wrong. He's always blinking. Like it's like, dude, what? Why are you? Are your contacts always falling? Like I know Bucky's. I think I think he wore contacts for example. Yeah, Bucky's. Wore- it was the only time you ever see him get down. Really, was in his contacts fell out. And he got down on one knee and like put them back in and, and that sort of thing. But Lurt's always every now and then. Especially after he's like hit a ruck hard, been tackled or, or carried carried hard, he's blinking like an like an owl. I I, I it's just and he made I think it's Wales. I mean the guy's got some ticker. He made a, a ton of tackles and I know going back to 2015 World Cup, he was excellent. And on his day, he is a world class lock. He's just uh, yeah, he is wildly wildly inconsistent. Well, look, we've really let's just let's also talk about the ideal lock pair. I know we got Victor. Backies uh, and so it's quick, quick. Refresh, okay, back can, can, can we can we go back to to line out throwing for hooker? Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Look, Be, that's because because that's incredibly it's an incredibly important attribute. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the only that's the only sort of specialist thing left in hooker now. Essentially, but, but, it's line uh, uh, But then I was thinking about this when I was watching sevens. Why does the hooker have to throw in the ball to the line out? Yeah, because I think that was just. The hooker used to be the short, the short guy in the front row. I think that's why. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because it sort of it makes the most sense in terms of kind of body type. But then I was yeah. thinking, like back in the day, scrum offs used to throw in the ball to the lineup. Yeah, and hookers were sort of defending that first channel. Yeah, because then, because when I, I've been watching sevens now, and that's what they do. The the scrum half throws in, then he runs around and takes the ball off the top, and then passes it through. Yeah. He gets. The, so like, wh- why don't more teams? implement stuff like that like i don't know it's just 
it seems the hooker throws in the ball because he's the hooker. Like no team sort of think outside the box with this. I don't know. Maybe it's in those forty percent, forty-two percent shorter rules or laws or whatever that the hooker has to throw the line out ball. I don't, yeah, know, I don't think so. But look, I do say it'd be okay. on that. But I mean, we've had uh, Clerk for Pete's sake be in a lineout, so I don't think uh, it's out of this world. And also, when hook, when we see when hookers get uh, red carded, we have a carded one of the prop. They come along. Well, I don't know why it's always a prop, but uh, one of the props always uh, end up taking the place of the hooker. But and often they screw it up, which I think just highlights that it's it makes it look. It's cuck. I've tried it a couple. I've tried it a couple of times. Yeah, it's cuck, eh? It's a lot harder. No, but, but, uh, but it's a it's an acquired skill though. Mm. Because yeah, really I, I don't I don't think like oh no you just you have no natural talent I don't think it's the kind of thing you need natural talent for I think it's just something that if you practice enough you'll become proficient at it. Well, it was one, yeah, of, one of the most important things. Sorry to interrupt you, Matt. That uh, look, John Smith's another towards the latter end of his career probably played two three years too long. Uh, but his lineup throwing at the 2007 World Cup he had the most accurate lineup throw and his lineup throwing generally speaking was excellent. Look, it helped that he had. Uh, some of the two, two of the greatest modern locks South Africa's ever had, and even World Rugby has ever seen, especially the, the line-up architect himself, Victor Matfield, but he always hit his marker. And marks, to be fair to him, he has improved, and I feel like Bongi's improving um, as well. So maybe that's why Chitty Boy's in the squad. You know, the, the board of experience hooker saying, no, Butch, you got to spar it this way. Busy, busy talking in the ears. But uh, I do agree with you. It, it's definitely, it's an acquired skill. Uh, but maybe it's a whole no, that, that, 10,000 hours thing. They can get good at it. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. So it's probably just, it's one of those 10,000 hour skills. Yeah, but also, like, I do think that's a, that's an incredibly niche niche. Yeah. A line-out throwing coach. Yeah, no, it's like, you can get it. You can that, get that, that's why you've got the old, that's why you've just got the old third third hooker in the squad. The guy who's been yeah, doing Chili, Chili Boy is actually saving the team a lot of money by being the by actually he's, being the line operating coach as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. administrative. <laughs> well, he's been around long enough, so he he should know. Now let's move on to let's move on to the locks um, and Lucy. I think locks South Africa uh, for all our troubles amongst the Springboks, we I'd probably say we have arguably the most depth there now, and it wears how things go in cycles. Even number ten, I know people say, oh, we only got Pollard, Yankees have fallen off, but Oaks are coming through. But at lock, you got Lurt. Good, it's a bit. Um, you have P- uh, PTSD. Uh, you have um, Mustard. Yes, Mustard. You have uh, Ron Boita from the Sharks. Yeah. There's even JD Shuckler down in the province who, once he gets over his injuries, he's gonna he's gonna come up. There's even a couple of guys at the Bulls that are coming through. We have epic depth at lock. I think we've seen uh, a guy like Peter Stefford Toy, Lurt Diaga, um, and even Franco Mustard. Mustard's like the tractor. As you said, he gets through the hard work. He's not as big at all, as tall. They're all tall guys. Um, but he's not as big as other players, but he's got a high, got a hell of an engine. Well, Etzebeth is just immense. they all within the certain mold, but there's certain nuances within those molds. I think uh, with Peter Steffi Toy, he was way ahead. The Storm was best forward last year when it came to carrying the ball. That's why I think he's been playing a lot of in the Lucy's and I mean I've heard this on another podcast he's kind of a five and a half six and a half the sort of player I think he offers a lot carrying the ball I know guys weren't entirely happy with him against Wales but uh, he's getting better and he offers that sort of versatility to get all these guys onto the field yeah uh, I I don't know about I think Peter, I prefer him. I prefer him playing lock because that's what lock's becoming. Because if you look at England, who I would say have the most, because they have a Toje and then they have a Courtney Laws, and yeah. then they, and then Launchbury as well, and they all kind of their work rates incredible, and they they skillful, they physical, they 
they're very like like they could probably all of them could probably actually play play six for the team as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. In England, hey, but yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah, locks are important because you need or the depth at lock is important because those tall oaks they get injured. I mean, they're too tall for their own good almost. At one or two tackles too hard and. They go down with a serious injury. So, I mean, if you look at the attrition rate on locks, I think it's it's significantly higher than the rest of the t- the rest of the field. No, and they take do, a, do, do, they take a battering. Yeah. Do 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 you wanna do you wanna rugby fact? Yes. Go for it. Locks are the highest paid players in rugby, like on yeah. average, obviously. No. I can imagine. I can, I can just I can see that. Mm. Uh, well, they they get through a hell of a lot of work. I could say that, but I'd probably say more that your tens or, or your glory players are like out in the wings. Uh, would would uh, also get a fair package, but it wouldn't surprise me because they are absolutely key. Uh, they're ball carriers. Well, no, because because it's so rare to to get a lock because you need because yeah. you need all the attributes most players have, but then he also needs he to also, be six foot six. So true. yeah, you've also yeah you've got to be a good foot taller than the rest of your team as well. True. Well, look, we've been talking about uh, we've kind of brought oh, so the attributes flanks area. I mean, you mentioned Mario Toje, a, a guy who's uh, very good at both. Uh, for example, I know flanks at the moment. South Africa, we, we've struggled a bit for balance. Uh, I think the, probably the most balanced is true. We've seen all the season. We've seen many combinations. Was Unfortunately, uh, I think it was against France. No, was it Italy? Um, it was when Duan Flo um, and then someone else uh, started. Calice. There was No, that was no. Like, I think it was against uh, Italy, actually, where it was Duan Flo and it might have been Peter Steffi Toy or, or something like that. No, it wasn't, no, that was Khaleesi. Khaleesi started that one. Oh, no, it wasn't Khaleesi. It wasn't Khaleesi's kid getting born. Yeah, he missed. He the, missed the. No, Khaleesi and Khaleesi and Famiglia missed the same game. Yeah, yeah. No, they missed the last game, uh, but the the previous two because we lost to Ireland, beat France. It was against Italy, I think. Uh, that we had or France. We had probably our most balanced trio with uh, Duan there and Flo there. But I mean, you have those oaks, and then you have another kind of. Yeah, but that's area. yeah that yeah, but that's also experience. I think there's a lot to do with that 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 blues trio. Uh, no, that's true, but. Uh, I mean, in South Africa, you've got guys like Yaki Creel. Um, I, I'm just a Lions fan, so he's the guy that, that uh, comes on the top of my head. And more rangy, sort of uh, number eight, like Warren Whiteley. He's more of a link player. He's a very different type of number eight compared to Dwan Vermeulen, who brings a lot more physicality, who's a bit more in the Jerome Kino sort of mode. I know Kino's uh, a six, uh, not an eight. But then you get the Sam Canes uh, of this world, the Artie Severs. You get a right royal mix, and then obviously the Dupre twins uh, as well. Yeah, it, it is the position, the 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 sort of the loose forwards. You can kind of like there there are lots of ways to kind of swing a cat in that position on. Yeah, I think whether you're going to pick pick someone small and feisty like Quaka or Clutie. Quaka, or... yeah, Quaka, pick Quaka. Yeah, he's the, he's the new Hanif Pesay. He's the new Hanif Pesay. Everybody champions his cause, says he should be in the team, but uh, deep down inside, you know, he's a long way from being picked for whatever reason. <laughs> No. Uh, what do you mean? Whatever reason we know the reason. The reason is because the coaches think he's too small. Yeah, well, no, it's like Heineken for so he's too small. Or oh, CJ Stunder. No, let's not talk about Stunder. He was he was no, too small. We tried. I think Heineken Mayer thought he was too small. Heineken Mayer thought he was too small. Mm, but then they try to convince this last minute to keep him in South Africa. I can't remember. No, oh, well, it's it's, it's uh, actually not CJ Stunder. It's CJ O Stunder, by the way. Ostander, sorry. Ostander, yes. sorry. Yes, that's He's gone Protestant. I forgot he picked up the Protestant name. He's <laughs> Catholic, it depends. It's a very deba- It's a very contentious question in the Republic of, of Ireland, so let's not dwell too much on that. Uh, chaps, I think we've, we've covered the whole forwards, and I see we're actually running... running. Okay, 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 okay. Are we running late or early? No, we're, running, we're running deep. 
So if you want to pick a position oh. on the back line, let's maybe discuss one or two because I want to discuss the Christmas list for, for next year. Can, 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 can I just have a quick two-second little bitch? Yes, please. Go for it. Okay, I, I think the whole not picking a player because he's too short and he's not a line-out option is rubbish. Because I what we're agree. Right now, it's timing and not height. No, no, I we have been robbed of lots of quality players because of this stupid mentality. No, 100% agree with you. I mean, oh, front, front, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Two ball is all about getting up in front of the other guy, not higher than the other guy. So, but I don't know where. Yeah, that's... Unless it's like six ball, but like, fine. Just, you only need three tall people in the team, but no, yeah. people like Waka and Heinrich Bissau don't get picked. That's, it's irritating. Well, no. I mean, if you get shorter guys, also in theory, it's easier to pick them up. You could pick them up uh, by even like a guy like, as I keep going to the fat thing, but I don't, I just, I'll never forget when he was in the lineup. You can just, you can just toss that guy a few meters in the air. You can just hit him <laughs> super high. Um, and I, I, I agree with you. It is timing. It is mentality. And often you're seeing coaches now every now and then they fill the lineup with the, some of the players that have backline players in the lineup. For example, and then the backline plays always go up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so coaches are, I think, beginning to experiment. There's also, the, as as you said, the game's gotten. Fa- I know it's gotten faster, bigger, stronger, but speed. That's that's what it's all about. That's why a guy like look, I don't, we won't be very talking about backline players, but a guy like Aaron Smith, he he was an epoch-defining scrum half due to the speed at which he distributed the ball and the speed of his pass. That's what he, that's why he's sort of critical. That's why, given all his various indiscretions off the side of the field he's always brought back okay. <laughs> a guy like like i mean tj perinara is one hell of a rugby player he is outstanding but his pass is just fractionally slower than um, aaron smith that's that's the thing aaron smith like for de Pria was a very different type of scrummy uh, excellent boots and he understood the rhythm of a team like he was very much a rhythm player like getting there passing while a guy like aaron smith he hits the guys at speed uh, will guinea is probably i'd say the second best scrum half um, in the world he's also a little bit similar more of a ball player compared to Aaron Smith, but it, it just goes to show. The game is changing all the time, so maybe, as you mentioned, we might still see black black players involved. Maybe if we get a new Springbok coach, Mati Kwaka involved, we shall see. So, so with, after, after I had my little rant, and I, I think we agree, Matt. I think Ben makes a very good point. Size doesn't matter. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, so, as I said, we're running deep. Our Christmas wish list for next year so we'll just keep it three points each uh, i'll just quickly go first and let you guys uh wrap up the show for this week one um i'm not going to say a new springbok coach because i, I think that might be a fair to comply so i might be wasting uh one of my you're wasting one uh one i'm looking for an exciting super rugby competition they did all the meddling i know ben you've said you hate the conference system and it certainly has its problems but at least it'll be a lot simpler to understand and a hell of a lot fairer next year so i'm actually kind of looking forward to super rugby so i'm looking for a good quality super rugby competition uh, when if it is a new springbok regime just an improvement from the springboks and just a bit more cohesion and uh, uh, clear-mindedness when it comes to choosing uh, a springbok coach and then from the administration side i'll just love there to be a bit more accountability just just at sorry because i know people talk about the coach and this and that but the point has been made, and I think it's a fair one. Uh, the guys on the board should be a bit more, held a bit more accountable. They're the ones who draw up the contracts for the coaches. They've set up the structures in place. I know things are, well, due to the fact the head of blessing, the Springboks have been so poor these last two seasons, it's making everybody wake up and realize that uh, things need to be sorted out. 
But those guys need to be more accountable. And try to bring back some more of the experience. Springboks, rumors say Duan Vimuna might be back next year. Joran Kana might be taking his place at Toulon. So and so forth. So those are my wishes. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, your, your three Christmas wishes for, for rugby. Ben, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I, I wish that fr- uh, the French League and the European Leagues institute a very strict salary cap. So they stop draining off our players because I think it's actually it's becoming incredibly taxing to South African rugby. You're going to cut the Georgian GDP in half at that rate, then, though. No, but I, I, I think, I think like it's, it's becoming, it's they, 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 they poaching talent. No, they at, are. At, no. At, 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 at one time, South Africa had enough talent to spare. I yeah, don't, no. I don't think we have no. those kind of reserves anymore. No, I'm gonna. No. I'll just chip in there. Uh, I know in England they do have the salary caps, salary. but one of the a very interesting thing is that the look apart from the union having a crap load of money. They credit clubs, if they develop players who go on to play for England uh, within their system, they, they, it's almost they get an add-on to that salary cap. And that's why suddenly there's a lot more depth in the English game compared to maybe five, ten years ago. Uh, I know there's yeah, because they, they, they like the salary, don't they? Yeah. yeah like, Maroui Toji, key point to that, Maroui Toji, he essentially just can't sign for any other club because he's, he's worth too much to yeah. the Saracens. Yeah, he's, he's, acad- he's one of the academy lads. And yeah. I mean, if, if he gets signed somewhere else, no one else can afford essentially to sign him yeah, for he what he's from. worth to Saracens. Yeah. So I think you're, I, I think hundred percent, hundred percent Ben. Uh, and, and two other wishes. Come on. This is like Aladdin, dude. You get three wishes. That's only um, the Lions win super rugby. I think, I think they, 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 they're, they're good enough. And I, I think, I think they can take it. Wish three, a bit negative, but uh, they they kick the Pumas out of rugby championship. Make it try nations, try nations again. That that's a, 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 a well a, look long discussion and a very interesting point. I think a lot of people have mentioned that the Yogiades have made uh, the Pumas in a way go backwards. Um, while compared to maybe if they had two teams or four like Ireland, essentially be a bit better. But that is a discussion we I think we need to have at the beginning of next year. For Super Rugby, I think it's a very interesting point. So harsh, but a very interesting point. Uh, Matt, your 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 three three wishes for Christmas. My first one is that for the Sunwolves, that Jamie Joseph's <laughs> yes. top top five top five in his conference that, yes. that he's calling. I, my first wish is that that comes true. Yes, it's not possible. Second it's wish, possible. they're in the Aussie conference. Yeah, yeah, they're in the Aussie conference, so it is possible. And I, I, my heart. My heart wants it to come true because they're sort of tending towards the Jaguars setup this season now, especially with the build-up to the World Cup. Yeah. So for them, it's good momentum going into 2019. And then second wish, my Kings need to win a game or two. <laughs> it's not asking much. Uh, no, no, no. Look, my wish list is a small wish list, and my third one is quite simple. I, I need to try and find myself some tickets for the. Storm is preseason game here in George against the Eagles that they play every year. Yeah, but I mean, so, that's mad scramble for tickets. And you could check out that Lacquer New Jersey. Um, oh, that jersey. Yeah, I didn't really like it. I should mark the Lions new one. I think there's general agreement. The Sharks looks pretty good. Bulls, uh, ditching the Barbers and Daisy. I said, I'm not a Bulls fan, but that seems a bit swack. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the especially, especially especially in your in your 85, what was it? Say 80th or 85 um, anniversary? Yeah, I, I, it's, 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 like it's a big year. Yeah, it's like a big year. And they're like, yeah, we're going to ditch our, our logo that we've had since then as well. In our I'm, 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 telling, I'm telling you, it's a, you know when, when Coke got rid of Coke and they brought out like 
Coke, uh, like a new brand of Coke. Yeah. Then yes. they brought in, like, then like people uh, hated it. And yes. Then they brought in Coke, Coke original or whatever. And yeah, like suddenly sales of Coke, like they had their best year ever. Yeah. See, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a classic marketing strategy well, that well, they... Well, you're talking about that now. The best-selling rugby super rugby jersey of all time in South Africa is, this, is the Bulls pink super rugby jersey. I've never seen so many huge muscle-bound men wearing pink rugby jerseys. If, I know in France they play with those sort of kits, but uh, yeah, I think onto something there. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rebranding. Oh, do, do you think the do you think Province are going to pick up a sponsor? <sighs> Tell her, tell her my namesake. He, because uh, you know, but, but obviously their, their kit was made by by someone. Yeah, I mean, like, I like it wasn't I, you know knitted in some guy's garage. Like, so do you think what, they're gonna they're gonna negotiate and someone's gonna put their put their brand to it? I, I actually have no idea. That, that's like, yeah. Uh, maybe, I'm trying to think who's still got because BLK has got oh BK, BLK whatever. They always made hideous, ridiculous jerseys. So I mean, if anyone could have, it would have been them who would have been able to put their name on name on that Stormers jersey. So well, well, the intrigue, the intrigue that is the Western Province Rugby Union. We uh, we shall find out. Under Armour, Under Armour maybe because I know no, they do the Welsh. Under Armour are very bad. No, they do the no, Welsh. No. One, the Welsh one's pretty cuck. So. <laughs> I got I got some inside information when I was when I was watching golf the other day. I was I was walking with this guy Hayden Porteous, he's yeah. a South African golfer, yeah. and he's sponsored by Under Armour. And his mom was telling me that Under Armour's in big financial shit. Yeah, well, they oh, have, they've, they've had a bad quarter. I know that they, they haven't performed. Well, 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 they're saying like they they're pulling all their sponsorship out of now. They they dropping his sponsorship. Like they're losing a lot of. So maybe oh, that'll, that'll that'll suit the Stormers quite well. Yeah, it's sort of brand, brand, sort of that sort of branding, that sort of tying your brand together. Yeah, we found, you know, like, like let's all nail ourselves to the sinking ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's called like, uh, what's the? <laughs> they can all, they can all save on attorneys' fees, and he can just do the same application for five five companies instead yeah, of paying yeah. five different attorneys to handle one sequestration each. Like a city, like a city press conference, cut and paste. The, the, the comments <laughs> gentlemen uh we we i think we've broken i know last week we broke a record i think we've broken another one so i just i think it's time to to wrap up so i want to thank you both for for your time uh ben and matt i well, thanks uh, yeah lacquer, lacquer, thanks lacquer. Guys, guys. Uh, we will thanks we will, guys it was we'll, fun yeah we'll, we'll be picking it up uh, again in the in the new year so it'll be either first or second week we'll um look after it most likely january 8th which is the second monday of uh 2018 we'll be posting our next episode so to you gentlemen and also to all our listeners and everybody in the facebook group that we wish you a very good festive season and if you're going on holiday uh, enjoy it sorry ben you're only working you're working till the 24th i'll be working through the period too uh i will have some holidays yeah so gentlemen matt thank you thank you for your time yeah, no worries and thanks ben, for everything and ben absolute pleasure enlightening us about yes. uh, why props thanks, Thank you. Maybe maybe there'll be one in your in your Chris, under your Christmas tree this year, a prop jersey with an improvised handle. Oh. I actually want to see. I would love to see Adam in a prop jersey. Yeah, I think it 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 uh, it'd be it'd be a tent. I'm, I'm a mostly skinny oak by my tummy. Oaks, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oaks, thank Cheers. you very much. Take it easy. No worries. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.